Hi everyone, welcome back to Paranormal. I'm your host, Marie Adaranti, and joining me for the second time on the podcast is my very good friend, Victoria Kucharski. Very good. And hello, everyone. <laughs> welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be back. Oh, I'm so glad that you're happy. Um, that episode that we recorded together was a really good one. I got a lot of listens on it, and I just... I solely can only say that it's because you were on it. <laughs> well, that is an obvious yes. Obviously, everyone loved me. We're obviously. We're just sitting here. I'm drinking gin and lemonade because I found a bottle of surprise gin in my freezer the other day when I was cleaning it out from my birthday party. And Victoria's drinking plain lemonade because she sucks. Uh, <laughs> I have to drive, okay? Okay. <laughs> Try That's to be true. responsible here, guys. Yeah, we got it. Car insurance. So. <laughs> Speaking of car insurance, Victoria and I work in car insurance. I won't say where we work and I won't say what we do, but we do work in the car insurance industry. And there is a gentleman who we need to give a very warm, loving shout out to. Craig Leeming, thank you for listening to my podcast. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> we work with Craig and Craig, is, he works for us and he's on the road a lot. I will, again, we'll not say what Craig does, but he's on the road a lot. And he told me that when he's on the road, he listens to my podcast and he waits for the little new episode notification. And I just love him to death. Shout out, so to, shout our out to Craig. We love Craig. <laughs> All right. Now that that's out of the way. Um, what kind of stories do we got today? You have one from a girl that we work with. Yeah, it's actually pretty interesting. So her friend, it's a little backstory. Her friend lived in a house or a, an apartment house or something like that. Okay. And she just had an encounter with something. That's exciting. Yeah. And then I've got one um, that a listener had wrote in. She asked me not to... Um, provide her name. So I'm not going to, but she wrote it in about, um, a hotel that she stayed at in new Orleans. Surprise, new Orleans, a ghost story. You don't love say, it. um, love new Orleans. And I had, um, another one, uh, that was about, um, black eyed children. So I don't know if you guys have ever heard about black eyed children, but that's fucking creepy. Uh, the black eyed children. So, and then our top um, city for the week. Now, yesterday I checked it, so I'm going to go with yesterday's city. Oh, oh, <laughs> it just changed today, but I've already, I've already prepared my story. Oh, okay, well, I'll have to do two hometowns next week, depending on who the um, most recent listener is. So usually I record these episodes on Tuesdays. I post them on Wednesdays. Um, so Tuesday, when I checked who the most listened, like the city that listened to me the most, um, who it was, it was my hometown, Hamilton. So I was like, cool, my friends are talking about it. They're telling their friends. So I figured, you know, great, we'll have a hometown, like a real hometown haunting for me. So I chose a hometown haunting from Hamilton, but today is actually Wednesday. I'm recording it on Wednesday. I'll probably post it later tonight. And today, um, 
they just beat them by, I think, like one or two lessons. But um, it's Eau Claire, Wisconsin. I think that's Wisconsin. Eau Claire, Wisconsin. So Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Next week, I'm going to have to do two hometowns. You and whoever beats you for the top listening city. Um, three. It says top countries again. But I've got United Kingdom, Canada, and United States are my three top countries. United States in the lead. And followed by Denmark. And the Netherlands, which I think is pretty fucking cool. Anyone else cool on here? Korea. People from Australia. Australia made it onto the list. I'm so excited. Hey, Australia. There's Brazil, Cayman Islands. Denmark. Cayman Islands, Brazil. Turkey. Sweden. And Sweden was on there last time. And so was Mexico and Bahamas. Cool. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to my podcast. All right, cool. So I just lost the story of the black-eyed kids. I can't remember where I put it down. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go refill my drink, put this on a little quick pause, and I'm going to look up that black-eyed children's story, see if I can find it, and um, we'll get right into it. All right, and we're back. I hope you guys, I'm sure you didn't miss us too much because for you it was only one second away from us, but to us it felt like an eternity. Of course. (laughs) All right, so I guess we'll just jump right into it. I'll do one, you do yours, I do one, then I'll do the hometown, and we'll get your reactions. I think that's why I had so many listens, is because I listened to that episode just the other day, and I was dying at your reactions Mine? to the story. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's why everyone likes the episode. I was listening back to it, and like when you called me out for being like, oh my god, Victoria, I have a new So let's get into it. We'll we'll go by Anonymous's story first about the ghost encounter in New Orleans. Um, so my husband and I were staying at a hotel in the French Quarter, and it used to be a private residence. We were broke, and we took a cheaper room on the fourth floor. The fourth and fifth floors were add-ons to the private residence, and they looked more like cheap motels than fancy um than the fancy antebellum townhome that they were attached to. And just like a cheap motel, the rooms were lined up on one side of an open walkway with big picture windows facing the walkway. Okay. After spending an evening wandering around the French Quarter, um, just walking, not drinking, we closed the blackout curtains on the picture window, locked the door, and went to sleep. I woke up around 2.30, but I wasn't sure why. I looked around the room, which was half in shadow, with some light coming in through the gap in the blackout curtains that didn't close all the way. Then I heard a noise. Somebody was trying to break into our room. They had the hold of the door handle, and they were shaking it in its frame. Oh, great, I thought. Some idiot got drunk on Bourbon Street and is trying to get into the wrong room. Then the banging stopped. I rolled onto my side and watched the gap in the curtains, waiting for the person to go back down the hall. There was no way out the other way, but no one passed the window. Was his room the one next door, the one on the end? But our rooms were the heavy self, our, our room doors were the heavy self-closing kind, and I didn't hear the other one slam. There was complete silence. I waited a while longer. I gave up and tried to go back to sleep. Then the bed started shaking. I looked around at Victoria's face. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, guys. I whenever people tell me stories, I don't really respond. It's I have facial expressions. I like do the whole like widening of the eyes and like my eyebrows go higher than my eyes and all of that. So or more often than not at work, if I'm telling you a story, you're like squinting your eyes in disappointment. It's so true. Oh my god. I looked around the room. Nothing else was moving. I looked at the half-empty bottle of water on the nightstand. The water was still. Only the bed was shaking. This freaked me out so bad, I didn't know what to do. So, I did nothing. I should point out that my husband slept through this whole thing. I decided I need to wake him up, if only to share in my panic. But I was too afraid to move. Then the shaking stopped. I waited. Frozen. Nothing else happened. I'm going to quickly take a break from this story and tell you... A fucking insane thing. Well, not fuck. I'm like, I'm like, it was crazy, but it wasn't that crazy. So probably not. At my parents' house, which is haunted for sure. I was sitting in my bed upstairs and I was just like on my laptop chilling. I had been out drinking the night before and my bed started shaking. And in my mind, I said, oh, I guess a ghost is shaking my bed. And it, like, didn't worry me at all. Like, I wasn't, like, worried. And then I think, like, my, like, I don't know, my body must have caught up to the thought. And then I was like, holy shit, my, what the fuck just happened? And the shaking had already subsided. Like, it was already gone. So I get up. And no, so first I'm, like, on my computer and I was like, okay, now I'm too scared to get out of my bed. And I'm on Facebook and, like, my ex-boyfriend posts a status and he goes... I swear to God, an earthquake just happened. And I was like, oh my God, it wasn't a ghost. It was a fucking earthquake. So I like ran downstairs to my sister and my parents' house is huge. So I was like, did you feel that? She didn't feel anything on the bottom floor. I only felt it on the top floor. But it was when that earthquake happened in like 2008, 2009. Yeah. My my face right now is disappointment, Marie. I see that face a lot at work. Anyways, so she continues. Needless to say, I didn't fall back asleep until dawn. The next morning, we stopped at the front desk to ask for a good place to eat breakfast. Just as we were leaving, I turned around and went back. Do you have any ghosts in the hotel? I asked. Well, we've got a couple. Have you had anything happen? The first one, they said, was a Civil War soldier who died of his wounds in the front bedroom on the main floor. But his ghost never left that room. What else have you got? The second ghost roamed around a lot, they said. She was the second owner of the home and was pissed as hell that the hotel was named after the first owner and she'd been forgotten. What does she do? Floats around in the second and third floor hallways, they said. Rattles the doors of some rooms. Shakes bed? Or shakes beds? The desk clerks jumped and looked at one another again and I knew they'd heard stories similar to mine before. Yep, that's her. But don't worry, she just wants to see who's staying in her house. She should leave you alone from now on. The clerks were surprised that I encountered the ghost on the fourth floor. They said she probably sought me out because I was the type of person who would be open to her style of communication. I didn't take any chances. I went to a new age store and bought a stick of incense and a purple votive candle. That night, I put the votive candle in a heavy bottom water glass, lit it and the incense, and had a little chat with her. I told her we were house guests who appreciated her hospitality and we'd only be staying a couple more nights if she didn't mind. She didn't give any sign that she heard me, but she did indeed leave us alone for the rest of our vacation. And that was it. That's like my worst nightmare. Yeah. 
I forgot that I do have another story other than the Black Eyed Children's story. do have another story. I remember you telling me another story. Do you want me to do the Black Eyed Children first, and then you can do yours, and then... Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so this is from the actually from the same person. So she had written in these two stories, um, and then, again, doesn't want to be named. So... Um, she says, my aunt's family is from a part of East Tennessee that's still very isolated. Even today, you have to drive down a one lane road full of switchbacks with a sheer slope on one side into this deep gorge where it's always dim because of the trees. The whole countryside is full of cliffs and they drop off so suddenly you can easily walk right off one if you're not paying attention. When I was a kid, my uncle would go with my aunt to visit her family in the summer. Usually, they would load up the truck with a grill, charcoal, and coolers full of food and beer and have a cookout right there in the woods. My uncle told me they were having one of these cookouts in the early 80s when he felt nature's call. As he headed off through the trees, my aunt called after him. Be careful, there's a cliff back there. I know, he answered, continuing on his way. He stopped behind behind some trees about 30 feet back from the cliff and was just zipping up when he heard the voice of a young boy from over the cliff's edge call out. Be careful, there's a cliff back there. My uncle always said it was a very mean-spirited voice. At first he was convinced someone had made their way down onto a ledge and was messing with him, but there was no one with a voice like that at the cookout. He cautiously walked to the edge of the cliff and peered over. About 40 feet or so down on the forest floor were two boys dressed like something out of Tom Sawyer. They wore baggy homespun shirts, baggy trousers held up by suspenders, barefoot, and at first he could only see the tops of their broad-brimmed felt hats. Then they looked up at him. Their eyes were coal black, as if nothing was there or something inconceivable. And then one of them grinned, a very mean grin, and his teeth were black as well. Then the boy motioned with his hand to come down. My uncle knew everybody in that area. There was only a couple hundred people, and there were no boys like that. He also knew there was no way for those boys to get down there except by trekking through miles of rough, uninhabited woods or falling. He backed away slowly from the edge and hightailed it back to the party. My aunt asked him what on earth had happened because he looked green. At that time, he just told her, I saw something over the cliff and it shouldn't have been there. She looked at him hard for a minute and then said, yeah, I bet you did. You wouldn't be the first either. These woods are eaten up with weird things. Boom. That's so End of story. Yeah. And then she just goes on to say, I love your podcast. Keep up the great work. And her name. (laughs) Which I can't say. I'm not going to lie. When you said inconceivable, I thought about the Princess Bride. (laughs) (laughs) okay that's the one thought i had in my head oh my god all right sorry guys sorry no don't be what do you think of that though um well that's probably one of my biggest nightmares as a little child oh my god i know staring at you with like a black do you know the legend of like the black eyed kid no okay so I read like a creepypasta on, do you know what creepypasta is? No. It's like scary stories. I, I think it's like a scary Reddit. I it's remember like just like stumbling spaghetti. upon it one Not time. spaghetti. It's like chicken soup for the young teenage souls or something like that, but it's like a horror story. 
version? No. 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 Okay, I'll just stop. <laughs> you know did, you just just con- did you just compare creepy pasta with teenage chicken soup for the teenage soul? I had chicken soup for the pet lover soul. To be honest with you, just so you know, chicken soup for the pet lover's soul is the one I had. <laughs> oh my goodness. Hey, creepy pasta? Is that like chicken soup for the teenage soul? Oh, a scary it's, story? It's like the scary stories equivalent. It's not. Okay. It's not. I. It just makes me so, down. so happy though. I'm so happy. Okay, anyways, I read it on, like, this creepypasta. And I don't know, creepypasta, as far as I know, is, like, a blog where, like, they tell, like, scary stories or whatever, and, like, they tell them as if they're true, but, like, I think it's just writers, like, people who are, like, practicing horror writing and stuff like that. Got it. But anyways, I found it on StumbleUpon, so I'm, like, using StumbleUpon, and I get to this one story, and it's about the black-eyed children. And... Basically what it is, is like these children, they're always dressed in like old timey clothes. Their eyes are all black, like no whites, nothing, just black. And they're usually, usually they ask you for help or they ask you if they can get into your car or if they can get into your house. And they basically just say like, I need a phone. I need help. I need to call someone. And obviously your instinct is that this is a child and you're going to want to help them. But then apparently like bad things happen to these people. Like the, either the children just like disappear and then like you're like cursed with bad luck forever and like bad things just continuously happen to you or like they murder you. Like I can't exactly remember, but yeah, I remember So I didn't sleep for like days after I read that. Like I was so afraid. So I'm sleeping over tonight. Okay. Not getting into my car. You can share my bed. Steven can have the spare bedroom. That's a good idea. Not getting into my car. Not getting into (laughs) my car. Oh my God. All right. Well, you can tell us uh, our work friends thing. Okay. So my friend had told me about the story about her friend. So she lived in an apartment in a house. And she moved in there when she was pregnant. And she said that ever since she moved in there, she always felt a presence. And she had dreams about this little boy. And she just, she always felt that there was someone there. And then when she had the baby, she, it was, it was just like the baby was even reacting to it as well. That there was a presence there. And she started saying how his toys would go off at night and like they would start moving and stuff. No, thanks. No. Yeah, no. Like, you're dealing with a baby, and Mm. then toys are moving. Yeah, nothing. Anyways, so my friend was over there one night, and she just happened to take a picture on her phone. And this is the funny thing. She said, I just happened to take a photo of them on my cell phone, which is definitely a flip phone at the time. (laughs) That's my favorite part. (laughs) And we didn't even notice anything about it until I posted it online, and people are like, what is that behind the beer? And her friend was holding a beer. And all you see is a face of a little boy in the background. Oh my God. Like you see a face. God. It's, you see the eyes, nose. That's it's not even, even almost a face. You know face. what? It looks like fucking... an ultrasound. No, it looks like a fucking demon face. It looks like a kid 
who's like looking like his face is towards the the ground yeah. but is looking up at you with his eyes like yeah. evilly and also has an evil smile. But it has like that effect of an ultrasound. Like can you send at- that to me because I'll post it on my Twitter because yeah. I had I had uh, a guy on Twitter call me out for not posting these photos when I talk about them and I was like oh shit like I I totally mean to so I'll post it um, I'll post it tonight I really will okay but yeah she told me that she after that she moved out and she bought a house and she's she's gone she's away from that place oh my god thank you for sending that to me I just got it that's insane that's a good one she's told me other ghost stories that have happened to her too and like I'll save those for like another episode if I ever don't have people writing into me that want or we can have her come in or we can but she's pregnant with twins like she's not gonna want to come in and talk to us anyway she lives down the street from you too i know but like if you were pregnant with twins you want to come talk to me and you while we drink alcohol like no about ghosts that's actually probably true who wouldn't i mean that's true we're pretty great i know um all right so i'll tell the other ghost story that i forgot to mention so my husband um he used to live in BC. He Before BC, he lived in Lake Louise, Alberta. Now, in Lake Louise, he worked at this place called Deer Lodge. And Deer Lodge has staff housing, uh, which is away from the lodge. So you have to walk like quite a bit to get to the actual um, place. So they had this thing, and it was called the East Wing. And that's, I guess, like a part of the housing. So there was a security guard that worked there who could see everything that was going on in the hallways on cameras. And then all the staff people would live in these residences if they didn't live somewhere else in town, because to live in Lake Louise, you have to be like a fucking billionaire. So Stephen uh, lived in the residence there. And um, one girl was walking um, on her way to um, find them because they were all having a party And she uh, got stopped by this lady and this lady was asking her um, for directions and she gave her the directions and then she went off to the party. The security guard uh, ended up coming to the party when his shift was over and he made fun of her and he was like, oh, like talking to yourself again or something like making fun of her for her talking to herself. And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, I saw you talking to yourself in the hallway. And she just kind of, like, laughed and brushed it off. But he was like, no, like, you were, like, like motioning with your hands and stuff. Like, you were really getting into it. Because she thought, like, oh, maybe I was, like, singing and walking down the hallway. Yeah. And when he said when he said that she was, like, motioning with her hands, she's like, I didn't get into a fake argument today. Like, I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> Shower arguments. <laughs> So she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And he's like, I saw it on, I saw it. Like I watched it happen. So he brought her to the security office. And I think Steven and a couple of other people went because they wanted to see what the fuck he was talking about. And they pulled up the tape and sure enough, she's standing in the hallway, talking to nobody, motioning with her hands. And she was like, there was a lady asking me for directions there. There was a lady there asking me for directions and they were like, shut the fuck up. And she's like, nope, she asked me for directions and that's me giving her the directions. Like, that's why I'm motioning with my hands. There was no lady. And then when they told people who had worked there for like a really long time, they were like, oh my God, you saw Lady Agnes. 
like Lady Agnes from, I guess, Deer Lodge. So I went to Lake Louise when I, I got sent to Alberta for work. Um, and on one of our days off, I went to Lake Louise with my friend Chad. Cause I was like, Steven's told me so much about this place. I want to like hike up the mountain. I want to get to this tea house, which is like, holy shit. If you ever get to go to Calgary or anywhere close to Lake Louise, Canmore, Banff, anywhere, like go to Lake Louise, take a day to go to Lake Louise. We hiked up a mountain at the top of this mountain. There's like this old tea house that does not run on electricity like everything is like powered by propane and the supplies, the people that work there like live up on the mountain, like in a campsite and they, um, they hike down the mountain to get supplies like once a week. It's so beautiful. So we went, we went to Deer Lodge uh, after our hike for like a beer to like reward ourselves. Cause we just spent like eight hours hiking up a yeah. fucking mountain and, um, we got a beer and we're sitting there and I was talking to um, one of the bartenders there and I was asking her about it and I told her, um, or I was texting Steven at the same time and I was like sending him photos and I like sent him a photo of like the bar and I was like, look where I am. And it was like the back, like I was like sitting at the bar. So he saw like all the bottles and like this deer head and yeah. stuff. And he was like, what's the lady's name that's working there? Ask her if she's heard anything about the East Wing. So I said, my husband wants to know if you've heard anything about the East Wing. And she was like, oh, they condemned it. We're not allowed in there anymore. <gasps> it's, it's abandoned. Like you're not, they built, they literally built new housing for the staff members because of all the shit that was going on. And then I was like, oh my God. I was like, I have a story about Lady Agnes and her eyes just went like so big. Her face went white she ran and got like three other employees and brought them into the bar. And I told them the story that happened and they were all like, that's so fucked. That's so fucked. Well, there's a chef that works there. And they were like, he's worked here for forever. Like, I wonder if he would know. So I went like, he came out and we were talking to him and he remembered my husband and they didn't get along. And <laughs> And he said that he remembered that happening, that he remembered when this girl like saw no one in the hallway and was telling them directions. Oh my God. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And that's the one from Lake Louise. Okay. I wonder if you can like read about her. You wanna check? Lady Will Agnes. You start your story. Lake Louise. Well, no, I want the I want the listeners to be. Yeah, there's stuff about her in here. Oh, yeah, Lake Agnes. Yep, it comes right up in Google. Yep. Anyways. Lake Agnes Tea House. Is that the one I went to up on the mountain? Looks it has like to it. Be. Could be. Anyways, all right. So now for the hometown. For the hometown haunting. Hometown of Hamont, Hamilton, Ontario. Home of the Hamilton Tiger Cats. And also. Other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, wait, we're the capital of waterfalls. We too. are the capital of waterfalls, but like. That's so exciting. Come to Hamilton for the waterfalls. waterfalls. It's not tropical waterfalls. It's literally like 
on the side of an escarpment with fucking speeding traffic whizzing by you. But yeah, come. Come on down. And look when they start, like, putting all the lights up to make them all light up. And you're just like, whoa, what's going on there? Oh, they're just lighting up the waterfalls. They do that? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't know that? Which ones, though? I know that they do it for Albion Falls. Okay, okay. Like, I live around the corner from Albion Falls, but yeah. And then Falkers. They do it at Felkers? Yes. But then again, people fall down at Felkers, so maybe they're just lighting it up to find people. But they use, like, pretty colors, like pink and, like... I do not remember that happening. But, yeah. Anyways, whatever. Anyways. Okay, so we're going to talk about, for the Hamilton haunting, we're going to talk about the Hermitage. (sighs) Dun, dun, dun. Okay, so for obviously people who don't know what the Hermitage is, it's a place in Ancaster, which is part of Hamilton now. And um, I've been to the Hermitage. Victoria, you've never been there. I've never been. I've been to the Hermitage. My friends have had scary um, experiences at the Hermitage. I didn't even get out of the car when they went there because I was so fucking afraid. So I sat in the car with my one friend, Stacy, and we just sat there while everybody else went in there. Um aside from me reading this story off the internet, I am going to also um, let you know that we have, like my friends have seen like weird cult things happen there. So they saw these people in all white robes. Like they said that they almost look like KKK robes, but it was not KKK robes. Okay. With reflective orange belts and they were like marching in a single file line in the hermitage around like two in the morning what the fuck is wrong with people yeah and as soon as they saw them they fucking turned around (gasps) and sped off and my brothers i distinctly remember my brother's friend who i had a massive crush on when i was a teenager um and i remember him telling me the story because i was so in love with him and just remember everything he ever said to me that um, that when he went to the hermitage once he saw like animal sacrifices that had happened like they had hung okay this is really sad if you love animals and like anything to do with animal cruelty makes you want to punch someone in the face i recommend you skip ahead maybe 15 to 30 seconds Um, because it's like traumatizing when I heard this, I started bawling. So I'm going to give you like a second right now, flip ahead 15 to 30 seconds. Okay. So he said that he saw cats like hanging from the trees. That's so sad. Yeah. They used to do animal sacrifices there and shit. Anyways. Okay. Welcome back. If you skipped past anyways, I know that wasn't 15 to 30 seconds, but you guys can catch up with us. Um, so those are my little stories from the Hermitage. Um, and now I'll just read what I found here researching. So a lot of talk and local ink has been spilled on the ruins known as the Hermitage in Ancaster. The historic site dates back to the 1830s when Colonel Otto Ives bought the property for himself, his wife, and their niece. The niece was rumored to be a great beauty and had caught the eye of a man named William Black, a local coachman. William was madly in love, and when he was denied the permission to marry her, he took his own life by hanging himself in the stable. He was buried at the closest crossroads, which are now known as Lover's Lane. 
The Hermitage Historic Center is located on Mineral Springs Road near Sulphur Springs Road and consists of the ruins of the Stone House and the Gatehouse Museum. Reports run from people hearing the ghost of Black sobbing over the loss of his lover to apparitions of a man and occasionally a woman wandering the grounds. One report even suggested a true super supernatural occurrence when a group of young men say they actually saw the apparition of the house seemingly back from its ruins to its old glory, including lighted windows and obvious signs of life. One person wrote that they saw the apparition of a glowing corpse near the old ruins. When they went to examine it, the corpse simply vanished. No matter how one looks at it, the very nature of the hermitage and its surrounding locale makes it a natural for ghostly lore, and I'm sure that its tales are far from being from all being told so far. And then in... In June of 2002, this um, so this website I have is called torontoghosts.org. And um, so they got an update on June 12th, 2002. And it says, we received the following email last night. Hello, my name is Mr. Loftchick, and I am the operator of the Gatehouse Museum at the Hermitage. Now, I've read your piece about the ghosts that may be lurking around here, but like the local legend, it is plagued by one small little fact. Colonel Ives' coachman, the Mr. William Black, did hang himself when he was denied permission to take the hand of Mrs. Eve's niece, or Ives' niece. One small detail, though, is that he did not hang himself from the stable rafters, um, but from a nearby tree. You see, or no, did not hang himself from the stable rafters by from a nearby tree. I don't know. You see, all the stories of people seeing a man's body swinging from a tree by the ruins can quickly be dismissed, for this happened in or close to the 1840s. The Hermitage Mansion wasn't built until the until 1855. Interesting. Um, it would be difficult for him to hang himself from the stable or gatehouse since they were built. They were not built yet, uh, and they wouldn't be for another 15 to 20 years. No buildings existed on the site, and the house in which this drama took place still sits about a kilometer to the east. It is actually the Sheed's home, Sheed being the first owner of the property. It is privately owned, and people still live there. Personally, I would love to have a conversation with them any on any spooky going-ons, but they don't seem to be interested in, in enthusiasts trying to sneak around their private home. Anyway, this is a common mistake in the local legend, and I didn't want you guys to be taken in by it. I've worked there for some time, and besides a couple of naked weirdos, I've never encountered anything unusual. Um, and that's it. I mean, fine, maybe he didn't. I guess he worked there for forever. Nothing ever weird happened to him. I've heard people say a bunch of ghost stories from there, from, like, being touched. Nope. To 